team that we have. We're blessed. I know uh, you might be wondering, where's Caleb today? Well, he, he has the privilege to go and be down at uh, my home church where I grew up. They're having uh, kicking off revival uh, today, and it's going through Wednesday, and so he's leading the worship down there for this week. And Y'all pray for Caleb. It's, he's in a, uh, in a church that's a couple hundred years old, and so he's having to bridge the, the gap there a little bit. And, and uh, they don't do the worship way we do it here on Sunday mornings. But, but if anybody can bridge it, uh, they're gonna, they love Caleb anyway. So they're going to love what he does. So let's pray for them that God will do, uh, bring revival in that place. And all across our, our land and our country. And, you know, it's always good. Uh, to have uh, that element going on where God's working in a mighty way. Well, listen, you know, I always like to, you know, you want to hire sharp people, don't you? You want to have people around you that are workers, good, sharp, sharp people. People that actually make you look better than you are. That's, that's the key to success is hire those kind of people around you. Well, I was going to tell you a little story. There's a fellow that was... Uh, he owned a store, and he, was, he hired this guy. He was a quick thinker, man. He was quick on his feet, uh, Kale. This guy was good. In fact, this guy was working in the store, and it was a produce store, and this man was over there, and he's, he looked at a head of lettuce, and uh, he said, man, I don't want to pay this price for a head of lettuce. He said, I, I, I want to cut it in half and pay half price. Well, the boy says, I got to check with my manager before you can do that. So he goes up to the manager, and he's standing there at the door, and he said, there's some idiot out here that wants to buy half of a lettuce. Then he looked over his shoulder, and he saw the guy standing there, and he said, but this kind gentleman right here wants to buy the other half. Now, that's quick thinking, y'all. That's quick thinking. And, and then the, man, the manager said, son, he said, you don't realize it, but that man right there is one of my best customers. And I'm impressed with the way you handle that situation because you, you saved a very good customer right there. He said, well, son, where are you from? He said, I'm from Chicago. He said, uh, Chicago? He said, yeah. He said, I live there, but he said, I hated Chicago. He said, all there is in Chicago is hockey players and prostitutes. And the manager said, son, my wife is from Chicago. He said, what hockey team did she play for? <laughs> That's a quick thinking man right there. But I wanted to just give you all a story. Now, see, some of you all are going to remember that more than you will the message that I'm about to share. But I hope that's not the case. But I hope you are a quick thinker and on your feet today. You know, over the last couple weeks, I've started this series, and God showed me some time ago that he actually wants me to, and I got to work on it, but he wants me to write a book about this, a daily prayer that will change your life. And so I've got to somehow compile this and see if there's, Caleb can get it published or somehow, and get it edited and all that. But it's a daily prayer that changes your life. And we've talked about it. It's when Jesus says pray in this way, I think it's important that we kind of follow. And remember last week when, when he gave that, it wasn't that you have to pray these exact words, but it's in this manner. You know, and he's given us a guide to pray with here. 
And, and we started off with that, uh, the personal aspect of prayer. It's real personal. And remember last Sunday we talked about the daddy factor and calling God your father. And how many of you, I, I was encouraged this week. I got, got a text from a, a brother this week that says, man, um, father is good. Daddy is good. And I was like, yes, he is. Now I'm like, that brother's got it. And so, you know, even as you pray, I hope that relationship is that kind of relationship where you call God your Abba, your daddy, your father. He's adopted you. We also saw the element, element last week of hallowed be your name, and that is God is worthy of our praise. And we looked at all the different names of God. And, you know, and I don't even know if you used some of those this week, but when you're in a situation where you need God to be your healer, you want him to be Yahweh uh, Rapha. You want him to be Jehovah who heals you. And when you need God to provide for you, you want him to be Yahweh uh, Jireh, the Jehovah who provides for you. But we kind of looked and said, hallowed, man, holy and reverent is your name, O God. And so we're moving into just one verse today. And it's Matthew, if you have your Bible, you turn there, but, or pick, pick up your phone, you can go there. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And it is, it's a verse that, uh, that is powerful to us, but it shows us something about how God, how Jesus wants us to pray in this way. And he gives us this. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and you know this is this is something that's very important because this is telling me that my daily prayer is purposeful just like the first part is personal and it is praise it is purse purposeful that's not easy to say if you say it three times in a row purposeful but that's what our daily prayer should be do you know if you've gone through Discover Gratis and you've been a, a member here at our church and are going through the classes, I, we put, and we've taught this for years, what is our purpose? Our purpose at Gratis, and this is not a test, this is not to embarrass or get anybody to answer, but our purpose at Gratis is to glorify God and to advance his kingdom. That is our purpose, is to glorify God and to advance his kingdom. And so that's what we're all about. And the question comes up in this verse is, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to advance whose kingdom? It's God's kingdom. We are to advance God's kingdom. And so when we're praying this daily prayer, we're actually getting in on God's purpose. And that is for his kingdom to come to this earth just as it is in heaven. Now, in heaven, God rules, God reigns. And when Jesus shows up on this earth, he, he started a message, and, and really the guy before him, a guy by the name of John the Baptist, remember what he, he was preaching right off the bat. He said, repent. For what? The kingdom of God is at hand. That was the message of that time. So this kingdom come, your will be done is very important because this is God's purpose is for us to be a part of glorifying him and advancing his kingdom because it's his kingdom. It's not our kingdom. 
It's his. It's God's. And Jesus is the one who's actually brought it in. Now in John, I believe, chapter 18, Jesus even said these words. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. So he's talking about bringing a kingdom that is from heaven into this world. And that's, man, that's very important for us to understand because when he was with Pilate and in that encounter with him, Pilate then said, so you are a king. So you are a king. He questioned him. So are, are you a king? And he responded to him. And he said, it is as you say. But his kingdom was not of this world. He said, because if my kingdom were of this world, he could call whomever and summon whoever he wanted to, and they would come. And he wouldn't be arrested. He wouldn't be taken uh, to a cross. But his kingdom was not of this world. So he's given us some, some, some important things. So there, as his disciples, we represent him, and, and we are all about doing what he wants us to do for his kingdom's sake. So let me ask you this. I want to plant this seed. Whose kingdom are you building? Whose kingdom are you building? When you go to your job, when you go to your work, whose kingdom are you building? I want you to think through the process of, the Bible says whatever you do, whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord and not unto man. So really your occupation is really irrelevant. It really is. Whether you are a mechanic, whether you work at a bank, whether you have your landscape business, whether you're a judge, whether you're a dental assistant, Whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. And so right where God has you in that place, do you, do you see yourself as I'm advancing God's kingdom? I'm building God's kingdom right where I am. Because really, that's what we should, it doesn't matter what you're doing, where you're doing it. That's what every one of us should be about, is building the kingdom of God advancing his kingdom and you know god has us here for that purpose it's to glorify him and advance his kingdom and i've always said if, if that weren't the case the moment we got saved he would have had someone up there and it would be beam me up scotty and i would have been transported into his presence if that's what he desired but god didn't the beam me up scotty is for all you star trek people in the room and if you don't understand that then that's what it relates to. But how many Trekkies in the room? Any Trekkies? Star Trek people? Okay, you know what I mean. I hope I'm, I know I speak in a language of South Georgia, and that's kind of hard to understand sometimes, but, but I hope you're with me. Beam me up, Scotty. It means be transported out of this world. But you know, God has us here for a reason. And when people are seeing you and I and whatever we do in our daily lives, they're watching us, and particularly if they find out that you are a believer. They're really watching you because they're, they're wanting to see you mess up so that they can say, See, see, I thought you were a believer. I thought you were a Christian. You go, yeah, I am, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. What about you? Are you forgiven? Are you completely? You know, there's some people in this world that are just mean. I hope you're not married to one. Uh, 
I, I had to get on to my mama a little bit down there when I went down. I, I went down Friday, and I spoke at a wild game dinner last night, and then I came on back late. Well, in my little time, I love my mom and dad. I grew up listening to my mom and dad. Uh, but I'm thankful, and I saw Daddy putting his pants on at 80-something years old, and I said, Daddy, I'm thankful you can still do that, you know? <clears throat> you, hey, you just don't know, but you've got to be thankful for those things. But Mama has that tendency to, to get to raising that voice a little bit. And I said, Mama, watch it now. I'm here. I'm here, you know. I, I, you just need to be careful with how you speak to Daddy. Just be kind, be kind. Remember, Caleb's coming, and I'm trying to get you. And she, won't, she won't do that with him there, you know. She won't do that. But, but just prepping her. But, but there are some people in this world that just act hateful, and they act mean. And you might be experiencing some of that. You might be going through some of that. And what God has us is he's placed us to represent him. Here's what I have written in here. We are sons and daughters of the king. We're sons and daughters of the king. And here's the other aspect. This is under King Jesus. Now, we're also, I, I taught him this last night, we're, we're sons of Adam and we're daughters of Eve. We're sons of Adam and we're daughters of Eve. But the moment the cross happens in our life and we become followers of Jesus, we have now changed positions, we've changed headships, and we're now sons of the king and daughters of the king. Now, isn't that special to know? Because there's three elements that make up a kingdom, three elements to understanding a kingdom. First, there's got to be a king. That's, that, doesn't that make sense? There's got to be a king. And there's the second one, there is authority, and third, there is power. So in our case, who is our king? Who is he? Well, you can say God, but our king is Jesus. How do I know that? Because even as he addressed Pilate, he said, yes, I am my king, but I'm, my kingdom is not of this world. <laughs> but remember what Pilate went on to write and put as an inscription in three different languages above the cross. He said, Jesus the Nazarene, king of the Jews. King of the Jews. And the Jews could not stand it. And they said, no, just write that he said he was the king and not that he is the king, but that he said he was. And Pilate said, what I have written, I have written. And Pilate got it right, by the way. Because that was divine, that was providential that he wrote it out on the cross that this is the king. The king. And he is, in fact, he is the king of all kings and he is the Lord of all lords. And you know, I love to hear that, that testimony. We watch that video sometimes and, and the brother begins to share just who my Jesus is and he says, that's my king, do you know him? Have you heard that one before? That's my king. Do you know him? Well, that's who he is. He is king. King. Which takes me back to Jesus being king. Do you, you go all the way back in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, God was king over Israel. God was their king. But guess what? 
the children of Israel wanted to be like the other nations. And they went to Samuel, the prophet, and they said, we want a king. We want a king. And Samuel, he went, oh, goodness. And he began to pray. And the Bible says he prayed to the Lord. This is in 1 Samuel 8. He prayed to the Lord. And the Lord heard his prayer. And then the Lord said this to Samuel. He said, Samuel, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king. There, there, there Israel was. They had God as their king. And then Samuel went on, laid it out in ver several verses, what this earthly king was going to do to you, what it, how he was going to treat your sons and your daughters and your property and your lands and how he was going to take from you. And he addressed all of that. And he said, and in fact, he's going to take all these things away from you. And, they, and then they listen, but they still reject it. And they said, we want to be like the other countries, and we want to have a king who goes before us, and he fights our battles for us. That's what they said. And said, God said, okay, I'll let them have it. Now, who in their right mind, in their right mind would not want God to be your king and fight your battles? We all would think, man, what were they thinking? You mean they won't, okay, we're, uh, we're going to get rid of the ruler, the creator, the, of the universe, and we want a man to now go before us and fight our battles. We would go, that is, that's about, now, there's a movie Dumb and Dumber, but that's the Dumber Dumber part of Dumb and Dumber, okay? You can't, that is stupid, and you can't teach stupid. I've heard that, you know, before on the Blue Collar Tour. You just can't teach stupid. But that was stupid. Are you kidding me? God is your king. He is your ruler. He has been fighting your battles. Well, well, we don't want that. We won't. Okay. And so Samuel goes and God allows it. And they end up picking a guy by the name of Saul. In fact, he, he stood head and shoulders above the next warrior, the next guy. You know, he would have been, I guess, would have been the ideal of the bachelor. You know, if you watch that show, he would have been the one. Head and shoulders, all right. And I don't know if Head and Shoulders got their name from Saul, but, you know, that's, that's a product out there. But he stood head and shoulders above everyone else. And they ended up getting Saul. And, and you know, you know the rest of the story. Saul started doing stuff, and it wasn't good, and his whole heart wasn't after God. And, and he led his people of Israel astray. And then God ends up doing something in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and 16, he ends up saying, here's what I'm going to do. I have rejected Saul as the king. I want a king after my own heart. So he goes over to a little town of Bethlehem, and he gets in there with a guy named Jesse, and he finds out how many sons he's got. And the prophet's sitting there looking. Well, it's got to be this firstborn. Man, he looks the role. He's got to be the one. Ends up, ends up he goes through all of those guys, and he says, is there anybody else left? Yeah, but he's out in the field taking care of some sheep, bring him over. It was David. And David then was anointed by Samuel, and, and the anointing that had been on Saul was now gone, and now the anointing of the kingship, it was on David. 
And remember at Christmas, I spoke on the son of David, Messiah, back in Matthew 1. And the kingship flowed through David, and it ended up landing and resting on none other than Jesus. Jesus, the ultimate king of all kings and Lord of all lords. So who is your king? You're the, if, if you have that personal relationship with God and you know him as Abba, you know him as Father, you also know him as king. Man, I bet many of you didn't wake up this morning and look in the mirror and go, I am a daughter of the king. I am a son of the king. We don't do that, do we? But we should. Because that kind of, when you look in that mirror and you, and you see that and you know that, that will change your whole perspective of, for the day and for your journey because as you know that, you then walk in knowing that and you go into your workplace or you go into this setting and you come into worship and you, when we sing those songs about how great he is and his glory and how powerful he is, you know that's my king. That's my king. That's good stuff. And this is what's all built in this prayer, a daily prayer that will change your life. So when you... Don't just do like we always used to do and do it at the, right before the game and break the huddle and give high fives and go out and take on the next opponent. Have that daily prayer and know, oh, it's your kingdom come today, oh, Father. It's your will to be done here on earth today as it is in heaven. You and I get to do a daily thing. That's the king part. Second part is authority. Is authority. There's authority. Do you know in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, that right before Jesus left this world, he told his disciples these words. He said, how much authority had been given to him? Look, if you look over there in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 28, he'll fill in the blank, how much authority has been given to him? What? All. All, A-L-L, all authority. In other words, God the Father, the one we got that personal relationship, our Abba, Daddy, Father, has given all authority unto Jesus. All authority has been given to, unto me, is what he says. Now, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You know, Several of you in this room have been in the military. You understand authority. If you've been trained and you've been in the military, you know that you don't disrespect authority. You understand chain of command, and you follow that authority. You might not always agree with it, but you follow it because of the one that is in that position. You know, and authority flows down. In our military... For, that we have in our country. One of the greatest militaries in the world is what we have. But they understand authority. They understand. And it flows right on up in, into where the President of the United States. I mean, it, it amazes me that once a person is elected president, they are now called what? Commander-in-Chief. 
And they're the ruler over all of the military as far as authority. Wow. They may not have ever even served a moment in their life, but they're given that position because we vote them into that position. And they're commander-in-chief in that role. But it's authority that's given. Remember when Jesus was standing before Pilate? Remember when Pilate said, Do you not know who I am? Do you not realize that I have the power and authority to release you or crucify you? What did Jesus say to him? He said, You would have no authority unless it had not been granted to you by my Father who is in heaven. So listen to me. Any of you who get in a position of authority, don't think you got there on your own. <laughs> Guess how you got there? God allowed you to be there in that position of authority. Oh, we, hey, we saw in the book of Daniel, didn't we, how God can, <laughs> what he can do to an earthly king who doesn't recognize who is the ultimate authority. Remember old Ned, old Nebuchadnezzar, when he said, look at what I've done, look at what I've built, look at all my kingdoms. And as the words were coming out of his mouth, God spoke down to him. And boy, we, we know how he spent the rest of several years. But there's authority. And all authority has been given to us. So when you and I go out in our workplace and we go out among the people, we have to go with knowing his kingdom is coming, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth. And we go with that authority knowing that we're to make disciples. And so it could be a disciple being made. Uh, I can give you the definition of a disciple. A disciple is someone who first, who knows who God is, who knows Jesus and recognizes his lordship. And then next, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. The third part of being a disciple is, a some, is someone who is on mission with Jesus. Someone who knows and follows Jesus, someone who is being changed by Jesus, and someone who is on mission with Jesus. That's a disciple. But as we go and we make disciples, we might be in the process of somebody being born. Or we might be in the process of helping somebody grow in their spiritual journey. But whatever you're doing that day, somebody's watching. And whatever you're doing that day, you're on assignment because you're a son of a king and you're a daughter of a king. And you're not just doing a job. You're bringing his kingdom come and his will to be done here. So, you know, I know some lady, a lady that does hair. She does my hair. But she's not just doing hair. She's doing kingdom work. You might be changing a tire uh, at that place, but you're not just changing a tire. You pull over and help somebody on the side of the road and you change a tire. Do you think you're just changing a tire? No, you're doing kingdom work. Whatever you do is for the king. And then the final one, there's power. His power is pretty amazing. How much power does God have? <laughs> he has all power. You don't really appreciate power till the power goes off. You don't. And boy, boy, how do we know that? Uh, our lights blinked. They went, it, it must have been a power surge, but the other day it went, mm. and then a 
about 20 seconds later, went, mm, and then we, we said, start drawing up the water. Start getting water, okay? That's what you do when you're in the country. You, you start filling every bathtub up with water. You know, that's how we were raised. If you don't do that, do it. And if you don't know why, ask me after the service. I'll tell you why. But it's not just for drinking, amen? But here's the deal. We don't really appreciate power until it's gone. But who this our God has all power. He's not limited in anything. And, you know, I, I, I love going down uh, to some of, the, I used to love going down to some of the football games that, down there, but I remember the Falcons games, and they would be playing that song, is, and, it, and they were all dancing to it, but they were playing it, and it's, I got the power. You know the song I'm talking about. And, the, you know, the cheerleaders are cheering, and the Stands are swaying and everybody's singing it, but it's that's the that's the meaning. I got the power. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you you think you have the power. You think you have the power. Until the Falcons get down there and they realize we don't even have the power to finish this game. Okay. And they don't. They come up short. They it's been a tough year. Been a tough year. Amen. Been a tough year. Lord forgive us, forgive us. Forgive me for saying that, but I pray you, pray you bless them, Lord. Pray you bless the Falcons. But listen, y'all. The world may sing, I got the power. But we, as followers of God, know who has the power. All authority, all power has been given to him. And then he then imparts it to us. And you know how we have the power? It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through His Spirit. And even Jesus said it. He said, it is to your advantage that I go away to His disciples because when I do, I'm going to send a helper, a comforter to you. He'll guide you into all truth. How was Jesus able to overcome the temptations of the devil in that wilderness? Was through the power of of the spirit because if you look in that passage at the end of it it said he after being tested in those three areas it said he he was filled with the spirit as he went in but it said he was full of power as he left out full of power and y'all the power source is there and I think sometimes as we go about in our daily kingdom stuff we forget that who the king is we forget the authority and we forget that it's not our power it's him there was a scene in the movie of the shack that where the guy actually walks on the water with Jesus and he didn't want to get out there like Peter at first but then he ends up walking on the water with him and then they go across the lake but then after he has this marvelous encounter with Jesus and seeing some awesome things, he comes back down to the lake and Jesus is standing there on the shore. And guess what? He starts out across that lake on his own. And what happens? He sinks. And then he turns back and looks at Jesus like, what? What's the deal? Why can't I do it? And he said, Jesus, the character responded, it works better when I'm with you 
Boy, that was a great line, wasn't it? Because how many times, y'all, do we just get up, put on, the ladies put on the makeup, the guys don't, we just shave, clean ourselves up, do our hair a little bit, and we're out the door, and we go, and we're not even, we're going in our own power, man, and we're just doing our own thing, and then bam, it hits you. And if we're not walking with him and his power, man, we're just sitting ducks and targets for the enemy. He's just really waiting for you. He's got you. He knows he's got you if you're not walking in that power, in that spirit. And y'all know what I'm talking about because you've, you've had this happen in your life. And even when we have the power and we're flowing in that power, the attacks are still going to come. But we recognize it and we keep walking because we know ultimately. And we even say it, Satan, greater is he that is in me than you that is in this world. And we keep walking in his power. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life, y'all. I've been reading old uh, Bruce, Bruce Goddard's book. He's a, he was a good buddy of mine, and he wrote a book called A View from a Hearse. And he said, we're all going to go through some challenging and difficult times. But he said, remember this. It's for a reason, and it's only for a season. And the only way you and I can get through those times, y'all, is when we walk in the power of God's Spirit. It's, it's for a reason. We may not understand it. But here's the good news. It's only for a season. And we in Georgia know that because the seasons come and go, don't they? And they get mixed up a little bit, but they come and go. But aren't you thankful that that next season and that next chapter comes along? Because when it does, we should learn from that. And then we continue in this. I'm going to give you a final thing, and I'm done. When he says, not my... Your kingdom come, your will be done. This word, his will. Always do what the Father says and be obedient to his will. The only two times this is used in the Bible, your will be done. The other one was when Jesus was in the garden and he was praying. And he said, he asked God his Father, he said, Father, if it's possible... Let this cup pass from me. That cup was the wrath of God, our sin. He said, if it's possible, let it pass. But he said this, but not my will, but your will be done. And even Jesus knew the struggle and the challenge it was facing him, but yet he was obedient to the Father's will, to the Father's will. Here's the final thing I'll give you. What Whatever God asks you to do, God will enable you to do. Whatever God asks you to do, God will enable you to do. Amen? Let's pray.